This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found financial tech in the Guide Rock Capital Management Commentary recorded on September 10th, 2013. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Actually, we're again at Gallup. It's, that's what it says on the forum, but we're here at Gallup and uh, recording today. And, of course, we post the show, including the written commentary, each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Financial Tech brings you the latest market commentary from the award-winning Andrew Hunt, CFP and president of Guide Rock Capital Management, located right here in Omaha, Nebraska. If you'd like to receive a free copy of the written commentary in advance, or if you have questions or comments that we can read and answer on the show, send Andrew an email. Andrew underscore Hunt at GuideRockCapital.com. All right, Andrew, another week ahead of us. What do you got for us? Here we are, back in action again today. Um, I hope everybody had a good weekend. First weekend of NFL football. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week. I hope you enjoyed the games. Uh, we had a full six hours of football last night on Monday night, so uh, good stuff. Well, confluences are the building blocks of the world's waterways. When two or more rivers meet, Changes in velocity and turbulence tend to result in geological scouring, erosive activity that may alter the shape of the river and its bed. The action may produce a scour hole downstream from the confluence. For a river runner, a hole creates potential for trouble and the need to, for deft manures, excuse me, maneuvers. Uh, America may be headed towards a scour hole that is being shaped by a confluence of factors and events, domestic and global. And, of course, there's also the economic and demographic changes that are, that are creating some, some holes downstream. Several of these factors were highlighted by last Friday's employment report, which showed unemployment has fallen to 7.3%. And that might seem like a positive development until you realize that just 63% of working-age Americans have a job or are looking for one. According to the Washington Post, that's the lowest workforce participation rate in 35 years. The change in American employment is rooted in the Great Recession and a relatively slow pace of economic recovery as well as a confluence of demographic trends. Younger Americans are uh, of working age are staying in school longer before looking for a job. In addition, and perhaps more importantly, the baby boom generation has begun to retire at a rate of, listen to this guys, about 10,000 a day or 300,000 a month. And that's according to the PBS, uh, public broadcasting station NewsHour. Uh, pretty interesting stuff there. America's changing employment picture may be a significant challenge to economic growth, but other factors will influence the shape of our future as well. Congress returned from recession on mon or from recess on Monday, and they moved to all of it this week. But their agenda includes uh, America's response to Syria, uh, the government's operating budget, the debt ceiling, and funding for the Affordable Health Care Act. As if that weren't enough, <laughs> next week the Federal Reserve will be making an important decision about tapering quantitative easing, which we've talked a lot about on this show. And of course, that decision could be complicated uh, by a potential government shutdown and debt ceiling expiration if Congress waffles. Guys, we live in interesting times. <laughs> Pretty interesting stuff out there. So as we change, uh, change gears here a little bit, in 1835, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville said in his uh, publication in Democ Democracy in America, he said, quote, 
Among the novel objects that attracted my attention during my stay in the United States, nothing struck me more forcibly than the general equality of condition among the people. It gives a peculiar, peculiar direction to public opinion and a peculiar tenor to the laws. It imparts new maxims to the governing authorities and peculiar, peculiar habits to the governed. The more I advanced in the study of American society, the more I perceived that this equality of condition is a fundamental fact from which all others seem to be derived and the central point at which my observations constantly terminated. That's a great quote. And one wonders what he would make of the difference in pay between lawmakers in various states today. A recent chart published in The Economist, which is a fantastic publication, we quote it all the time on this show, um, The Economist showed pay for state legislatures, legislators ranges from nothing in New Mexico, where the median household income from 2007 through 2011 was about $44,600, to more than $90,500 in California, where the median household income was about $61,600 during the same period. If you believe having a greater number of legislators means the opinions of the masses are better represented, then it would seem citizens in states that pay lawmakers more are less well represented. The average number of legislators per million people in the 10 states that pay the most is about 22. In the 10 states that pay the least, it's about 112 per million people. The expectations appear to, uh, appear to be Alaska, excuse me, the exceptions appear to be Alaska pays about $50,000 a year and has about 82 legislators per million people. And Texas, which pays less than $10,000 and has about, legisl uh, about seven legislators per million. The Economist pointed out <clears throat> lawmaking may be less costly in other ways too, in states that offer lower salaries to policymakers. As it turns out, about one-third of state legislatures are part-time. States like Texas, Montana, Nevada, and North Dakota, where lawmakers meet every second year, tend to spend less than states where legislators meet more frequently. Pretty interesting stuff. A lot of, a lot of talk in politics going on right now, especially with the serious stuff. Um, so there, there's, it's good to kind of remind ourselves that our elected officials are important, and uh, we do pay them as taxpayers in, in a lot of states. So here's our quote for the week. This is from Franklin D. Roosevelt, the American president. It says, quote, democracy cannot succeed unless those who express their choice are prepared to choose wisely. The real safeguard of democracy, therefore, is education. Yeah, you know, Andrew, you mentioned early in the show, it's an interesting time to live and a lot of things going on crazy here, including, and I, I love this debate, we won't spend a lot of time talking about it here, but I love this debate that we have around state government because it's so different in so many different states than it is at the federal level. And each state is really independent in the way they do it. And I think this, what you talked about in the way we pay those is as different in every state. You know, it's, it's different everywhere. Um, some being uh, uh, compensated well, some not being compensated at all. And there's Arguments on both sides of the fence. If you if you don't pay the the lawmakers, it's for a they do it in theory out of passion and in duty and obligation. And and yet there is the other argument that says if you don't pay them, you don't attract the best leaders for those kinds of positions. And so we kind of go back and forth. Nebraska is unique in some way because we have a unicameral, right? We don't necessarily have the 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 Democrats and the Republicans, uh, although they fight inside the unicameral very very well. But we we don't we don't have that separation 
here in Nebraska. So that's another unique way of doing state government. So it's, um, it, it, it is at the state level. I think it's a little more Wild West than it is at the federal level for sure. Yeah, and it's really interesting, too, in this whole conversation about Syria um, and thinking about how we hold our elected officials accountable. Um, and, you know, I am the notion in most things in life that you get what you pay for. And I feel like uh, when we when we pay our elected officials, which we do in Nebraska just a little bit, it's it's a small stipend, uh, but we do pay them, um, that you can hold those those officials a little bit more accountable uh, because they are collecting a paycheck for the time that they serve. It's it's probably not not at their normal hourly rates as a professional. Um, but this this whole debate around should we or should we not go to war? Is it the will of the people? Is it the uh, you know is it the will of our our, our legislators? Uh, it's pretty interesting to think about how we hold those folks accountable that we elected into, into office. Yeah, and accountability from a cost standpoint. You never start these things. This is not an easy decision. I, it's probably been the most debated conflict I have seen maybe in the last two decades. We've talked about this. It's in the public, hey, you know, we're almost like sending them notices daily of what we're going to do. And it's just crazy because it used to, that all stuff used to be kept secret uh, for the longest time. And now that this conflict is being played out in the news, and uh, we may get to a point where it may not even happen. You know, it may correct itself with the with the political pressure that's associated with. It. Who knows? Certainly, it's has. Have you seen it having an effect on the financial markets? Oh yeah. Uh, um, when when this when the news that President Obama was calling for war, uh, if you watch the market, we, we saw a major pullback. And then, of course, now that there's some diplomacy options on the table, we're seeing the market recover a little bit. Um, you know, markets, as we've talked about on the show, markets love certainty. Um, and any time, you know, war is an uncertain thing, and that's one of the really big issues that we have out there is that there's no guarantee. Um, that a short strike won't won't escalate into something else. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if there's one takeaway from this show, guys, it's that markets like certainty, and wherever there's certainty, there's profit. Good advice. I'll remind folks, if they're new to podcasting, we actually have two great ways to do it now, uh, to listen to the show each week automatically. Uh, first way we talk about all the time is using Stitcher. Stitcher's available on both Android and iPhone platforms. Any web browser, you can log in from work or from home. And it's a great way to listen to podcasts both home and on the road. Stitcher.com, search financial tech. You can also head out to our new channel in iHeartRadio. So if you go out to iHeartRadio, learn iHeartRadio.com. Maybe that's something you're already listening to on your phone. Uh, search for financial tech. Again, we're right there, and you can get the show as we post it each and every week, both on your browser and on your phone. There's never been an easier way to get financial tech. Go out there and get that downloaded today and give it a try and be sure to visit Guide Rock Capital at GuideRockCapital.com you can follow Andrew on Twitter he's just at Andrew D. Hunt get all the show notes for this show at TheAverageGuy.tv now Andrew and I say thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next week remember be smart about your investing Guide Rock Capital Management Inc. or Guide Rock is a registered investment advisor that is registered with the state of Nebraska and located in Omaha, Nebraska. Guide Rock and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration requirements imposed upon investment advisors in the states in which they maintain clients. Guide Rock may only transact business in those states in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. Important information describing GuideRock's business operations, services, and fees can be viewed on the SEC's website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. GuideRock will provide Form ADV Part 2, which serves as the firm's disclosure document to all clients. Copies of Form ADV Part 2 are also available to interested parties upon request. 
All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No current or prospective clients should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product made reference to directly or indirectly on this video, website, or indirectly via hyperlink or any affiliated third-party website will be profitable or equal to past performance levels.